0: Thank you, Kelly and Tom and Nancy, for playing. Always fun to have the, uh, the parent-child dynamic in the house. So very special. Uh, good morning. My, my name is Mike Gary. I am the pastor here at Communitas Church. And Communitas is a church that exists to love God and to love people and build disciples who walk in grace, who grow in faith, who gather in groups, to explore their gifts and then generously use those gifts to serve in and around the Brainerd Lakes area. So we have worshipped in a number of different ways. Uh, we worship today by simply showing up, being here, and and submitting ourselves to one another. Prioritizing time with the Lord and with one another. Um, there's you know it's 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 a bluebird day out there, right? Like I, I walked over today, I I broke a sweat. It was it was warm, and uh, and so it's tempting on days like this to to pass and to say, no, I'm going to go off and do a myriad of other things, but, but you've come here, which is an act of worship. We've worshipped through singing, proclaiming who God is and, and what He's done uh, through singing. And, and we, when we do this, it helps us to begin to think along the same lines. We're, we're breathing the same breaths. And so this brings us together, it unites us as a, as a body. We're going to get to a time where we, we've worshiped, and then we also worship through the giving of our tithes and our offerings. We'll get to a point where we worship uh, through listening to the proclamation of God's Word. But before we do that, we're going to worship through communion. And communion is a, is a sacred meal that's been celebrated, celebrated by the Christian church since its inception. And it's a meal that, uh, as we've, we've joked about before, it's not especially filling. Um, potluck will come later. You will get full then. Uh, but uh, this is not even an appetizer. This is uh, grape juice and gluten-free crackers. And, um, and, and so you may think, well, what's so special about this meal? Well, it's special because it's, it's sacred, and it, and it helps us to, uh, to understand further who we are as a people and what this faith is about. The last time that Jesus was together with his friends, they, they celebrated this meal together. It wasn't one more sermon. It wasn't one more book. It wasn't one more study. It wasn't one more uh, you know lesson. But it was a meal. And this meal had told a story for thousands of years to the nation of Israel. And it was a story about the way that the Lord had delivered them from captivity in Egypt. And so when Jesus and His friends celebrate this meal together, He's beginning to help them see that this wasn't just a, a past occurrence that they should remember, but it's actually a present reality that defines them as people who have been set free by the Lord. And in the ancient Near East, when you sat together at a, at a, at a table for a meal, that, that meant something. There was consequences to that action and that, those consequences that you were with one another. You would defend one another. And so when we share in this meal together, it communicates not only that we ourselves are believers, but it also communicates to those around us, I'm here to encourage you, and I want you to encourage me. I'm going to hold you accountable, and I want you to hold me accountable so that we can grow, as we said last week, into that manifold wisdom of God, into His church. And so he's. what, is it, what do we say that He's... The, that God has made great when the broken participate. So this is the essence of communion, where we're binding together, not out of our preference, but in the Lord. So we celebrate what here is what is called open communion, so you don't need, need to be a member of the church to celebrate communion. We just ask that if you're a repentant follower of Jesus, that you come to the table. There's a lot of kids in the, in the room, so we know that parents... Uh, Feel free to decide for them as to whether or not this is an appropriate way for your children to worship. And before we do this, we're going to take some time in silence and we're going to reflect on who is God and what has He done? Who is the Holy Spirit and, and what is He trying to do in me? And who is Jesus and how did Jesus live His life and, and how should my life reflect Jesus's life? And so we're going to, we're going to take some time and... And hopefully in this time, the Holy Spirit will will convict us of what we're doing that, that we ought not to. Also, confirm in us what we're doing that we ought to continue. That we would better convey the Gospel and bring this message of hope to the world around us. So we're going to take some time. Just who is God? What is He doing? And what, what has He done? Who is the Holy Spirit? And what is, he, what is the Holy Spirit doing in my life? And... And who is Jesus and how did he live his life? And how is my life reflecting Jesus' life? And so, kids, you always do a great job. I know that sometimes, you know, kids make noise. Some little kids, sometimes big kids. And that's okay, that's not going to stymie the Holy Spirit. And so, we're going to take this time in silence. And then, as you're ready, come on forward. We have elements set out to the right. And to the left, uh, a few more over on this side. So if this side kind of heads that way, uh, that would be probably most helpful. And so I'll take some time. We'll pray. And then as you're ready, come on forward. There's no hurry. There's no rush. This isn't on the clock. This is our time to, to come together as people united, not by preference, but by Christ. Father, we thank You for this meal. We thank You for this, this redeeming plan that You have for us, that works out through us. Jesus, we thank You for Your sacrifice and for Your example of how to live. And Holy Spirit, we pray that You would quicken our hearts that You would would help us to see You more clearly. Confirm in us what we're doing that we ought to continue. Convict us of the sin both known and unknown that we would walk more closely with You. And by Your power, not our skill, would we better convey Your truth to the world around us. As Jesus was with His friends eating that meal, He took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to His disciples and said, Take and eat. This is My body. And then He took the cup and we' had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, "Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness and for this covenant and pray that we would live in thankfulness and that, that would be in that would inform who we are and how we are to live okay there are some blue bins that are going to Make their way around at this time. Feel free to throw your plastic cups in there and we will recycle them for you. Normally, this is the part where we move into the reading of Scripture, but this morning, um, so six times a year, we vote new members into uh, the congregation. And um, so you'll notice that some people well, membership, you know, there's always, there's, there can be this back and forth, and, and what's important about membership, you'll notice that it isn't explicitly stated as any kind of requirement in Scripture, um, but the reason that we do it is it it kind of helps us understand who's with us, who's who's in, and and who wants to um, you know just kind of continue to step up that commitment. And it isn't to say that if you're not a member that you know we don't have any time for you and, and we want you to you know go somewhere else or anything like that. It's just to say that uh, there there are certain people that have said yeah I'm I'm all in. I want to I want to do what you're doing and I, I want to be with you. And so that kind of helps us and and then it helps them because it's saying and, and I want you to hold me accountable. I want you as 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 my pastor as my elders or and and as as my my church family. I, I want you to hold me accountable. I want you to encourage me. I want you to help me along in my faith. And so that's in in a nutshell. That's that's why we do this. And and so the, the process is we you know, somebody says hey I, I've been going here. This is home. I, I want to be in. We sit down with a few of the elders and we just kind of talk about hey what's going on in your life spiritually? Where yet are are you a believer? And, and what's, what's God doing in your life? And kind of lay out some parameters of this is what we're doing. This is the, way, this is the direction that we want to go. And, uh, and then we have a vote. And so Mr. James Phillips over here, has, uh, he's going to go ahead and stand on up. Asked me if he wanted to come up on stage. And, and one thing you might know about James, or maybe you don't know this because kind of how he operates is he's the guy that's in, usually in the background just getting it done. He's, me, he's a man of good hustle and uh and and in talking with him it's been an an utter delight you'll hear me use a phrase once in a while that says there's something that happens when we pray that doesn't happen when we don't or there's something that happens when we gather that doesn't happen that we don't and i just hijacked that from james james was the one that told me that um so if you hear that and that resonates with you thank james and uh you know james will tell you that somebody else gave it to him and i forget who told you that but um yeah so it's been cool to to interact with you and and to um to hear about what the Lord is doing in your life and see the way that the Lord is working in and through you, and uh, so we as as a church want to come around you and, and continue to walk together with you and you with us. And so at this time, if there, are, so we're just going to throw this out to a vote. in the way that we do this, you just raise your hand. So if you're a member of this church, uh, you get you get to vote. If you're not, just sit back and watch how we do this. It's super formal. Um, that's what we're about here so any uh anybody uh, all in favor of james being a member of communitas church raise your hand any opposed all right welcome james you are now a member of communitas church okay uh where's Vern? come on up here Vern. um so today we're going to be we're going to continue our, our our walk through Ephesians, and today is is kind of a turning point in the book. And Vern is going to read out of uh, Ephesians chapter three, verses fourteen through twenty-one. So if you have a uh, you can use that mic right over there. Um, If you have a paper Bible, feel free to take that out and and, uh, flip on over. About seven-eighths of the book will be to the left side. If you have a uh, mobile device and you'd prefer to follow along there, feel free to take that out, tap, swipe, do what you need to do. Otherwise, the words will be displayed on the screen behind us. Uh, but this is the part of the book where we're going to kind of turn a page. We've been talking a lot. Uh, Paul has been has been doing this kind of expository, what's going on, big picture sort of stuff about who God is and who we are as a result of that. And today is is kind of the hinge pin or the fulcrum or the, the turning point, the, the pivot, where we're going to get back into chapters 4 through 6 is going to talk real brass tacks, real practical. So if the last couple months have you been thinking, man, this is some really high theology. When are we going to get down to like boots on the ground, what we're doing. Well, f- chapters 4-6 through six are going to be for you. And today represents kind of the how of how we move from that, that sort of high theology to a very practical um, application of that. So Vern, whenever you're ready, Ephesians 3.14-21.
1: For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Vern, and thank you, Lord, for your word how it forms us, how it shapes us, how it works within us. Thank You that we're able to read it here without any fear of government persecution. And we pray for Your church around the world where that is not the case. And pray that we would work toward that end. Okay, kids, at this time, you can head out through this door over here. We've got a bunch of people back there who have a great lesson planned for you. So Lord, we thank You for these kids, the privilege that it is to to be with them. And so Lord, we pray for this time that uh, Your Spirit would work in and through them. And we thank You for these these teachers that will be back there with them. We know, Lord, that it is not a second-class occupation um, and that they are not the future of Your church, but they are presently Your church. And so we pray, Lord, that we would exemplify what it looks like to follow You and to grow into who you've created us to be. Amen. man. So, uh, there's a film on YouTube called Oxford and Cambridge, Land Rover, First Overland Expedition, 1955. Oxford and Cambridge, Land Rover, First Overland Expedition, 1955. And what it is, is it's this film about uh, these two groups of, of college kids, one from Oxford, one group from Cambridge, and they convince Land Rover to let them take two Land Rover vehicles and take about a year to outfit them and then drive them from London to Singapore. That is farther than I have ever driven anything ever. And uh, and so they, they film this, and along the way, uh, they stop at different um, they stop in and there's a few different uh, governments along the way that want to know if if Land Rover is a good choice for them to buy for their fleets. And so these guys are driving through, you know, all kinds of rivers and, and there, there are no it's nineteen fifty five, there are not a lot of roads out that way, anyway. I mean, if you some of you remember Brainerd in 1955, that was before I got here. But um, but some of you remember, or have maybe seen pictures of even Brainerd in 1955. Now imagine some of the more remote areas of the world and trying to get through there in 1955. And then imagine having someone, you know, you've you've maybe you've got an, a pamphlet from Land Rover, and you're wondering, hey, maybe this is this is a vehicle that I need to purchase for my government fleet and, uh, and you, you're reading the specs on it, and you're reading all the claims. Now, it's one thing to to see pictures, and to read reviews, and, and to read the specs on something, but it's something entirely different when that product that you're looking for just shows up, right? Like, you can you can read all about a number of different things, but then when some guy drives up through the desert and and shows you the Land Rover. And imagine if you're, you're responsible for buying this fleet of vehicles and you have a question of, well, is this going to, to go through swamps? Will it go through the desert? Will it go through the river? They can say, well, yeah, we, I know because we just did it for the last 7,000 miles. And so there's, there's something different that you know when we move from simply reading about something to actually doing something. Throughout the story of of Scripture, we see the Lord continuing to move closer and closer to his vehicle. Or, his vehicle. I saw this Jeep drive by with a scamp on the way over. Fran and I both giggled about it. I got overland on the brain. Forgive me, it's a sickness. Uh, And so we see the way that the Lord wants to continue to come closer and closer to his people. So even in the garden... Right, so he sets up this, this garden. He says, I'm going I'm to be with you. And then as a result of the fall, uh, we've been separated from the Lord. We chose to live outside of, of His bounds and so, or outside of, of His parameters for our, our lives. But His grace is relentless. And He continues to pursue us. And so when they're, they're off in, in Egypt, He brings them out of Egypt. And, and what happens? Well, He has a tabernacle with them. And... And it's this this notion of, of the Lord dwelling in the camp. So wherever the people are going, the Lord is there. And then they finally get to the place where that the Lord has promised them, and, and they build this this temple. And, and the Lord, you know, there's, we, as we talked about in Cask, the empty Lord comes and fills the temple. And it's this great moment where you know, almost this kind of aha, hallelujah sort of moment where the people are they're finally getting somewhere, but. They don't change. Right? Like they they see that the the Lord has dwelled in the temple, but the Lord isn't doing they're they're not allowing the Lord to do anything within them. And then later in, in Ezekiel he sees this vision of the Lord's presence leaving the temple. And it's less about the presence of the Lord leaving, right? Because the Lord is omnipresent, but it's it's more about our inability to to dial in and be on the same way. It's about our lack of dwelling with the lord and so this is why in in first john when when the nation of israel would have heard the words you know the lord became flesh and dwelt among us this idea of dwell brings about this idea of of, of tabernacle when someone moves in there's uh one one version talks about you know the lord coming in and moving into the neighborhood so there's this idea of of coming and, and being close and being near And this idea of of being near would have been very foreign. Like we, you know, nowadays we we live in a nation that's that's fairly you know familiar with with the Christian story, right? Or kind of vaguely, you know, we understand that you know there's this guy named Jesus, whatever else. Well, this message of Christ dwelling with his people spreads throughout the ancient areas, and Paul is is talking to the these folks. And so when he's writing to the Ephesians, if you were living in Ephesus at the time. Your understanding of, of, of God and where God dwelled would have been very different than this sort of, I can have Jesus wherever I go mentality that we sometimes carry with us today. They had what were called city gods. And so, you know, we've talked about the temple of Artemis and how Artemis dwelled in this temple. And if you wanted Artemis to do what you wanted, what, what you wanted her to do, you had to go in and you had to offer, you know, some sort of token, there would be manipulation and violence, and there was no dialogue, and there was, it was very fear-based. And, and you'd go from city to city to city, and so if you traveled much, if you got too far away from your your own hometown god, you'd maybe have to go and, and offer something, some sort of sacrifice to the, the town god of that town where you're going. So if you're a Brainerd warrior, and you're traveling to Crosby, to the, you know, to the Rangers... You know, you might have to offer some, you know, some some sort of sacrifice. It's a really bad parallel, but you kind of understand like there's there's certain cities that have, you know, you'd have these kind of mascots or these represent these representatives, and there'd be territory. And so can you imagine the fear that you might have when when you're traveling from one town to another town where you, you might not be protected. You're outside of your element. There, and, you know, there isn't a, a police force like we know it. You're reliant on this manipulation of a God. And then all of a sudden, Paul comes and he, and he, and he gives this, this message that we've been hearing for the last few months about you're an heir. You're adopted. You're forgiven. And I will use the least of you to show my glory. And it says that the manifold wisdom of God will be made known through His church and that you have access to the throne and you can stand before the Lord boldly. No need to fear. Because God is not a God of manipulation and fear, but He's a God of love and of transforming power. We talked about a few weeks ago, you may remember we, we talked about the coin, right? Does anyone remember when we talked about the coin and how it, it bears our image, or you know, bears the excuse me, bears bears the image of of, of uh, you know certain rulers or whatever. And we talked about how how now wherever we go, that we're that temple. So imagine being someone who's grown up always afraid that if they got too far from a certain location, that the blessing that they had manipulated the God into giving them, might run out. And now all of a sudden, Paul is saying, it's not about going to that temple, but it's about the presence of the Lord being present in you because you are that temple. No more manipulation. No more fear. Love and power through the transformation through the Holy Spirit. So Paul is trying to get across this idea that the omnipresent God dwells among us and dwells within us and he wants us to dwell in him. It's not about manipulation, it's about reunion. And so why is why is this important? And and why is Paul writing this way, the way that he is? Well, for one it's it's an example, right? So he's he ends in the last week we talked about how he, he ends with, with the lines of, of you know, saying he, there's boldness and we have access with confidence through faith in Him. And it's one thing to say that. It's one thing to just for me to sit up and, and then just say, hey, you know, you have access. You can stand boldly before the Lord with confidence you can draw near to Him. But it's something entirely different than when Paul in the very next breath stands confidently before the Lord and boldly intercedes for the people. It says, for this means I, I bow to the Father. Normally they would, they would stand to pray. and So to, to bow is, is, is something altogether different. It says, according to the riches of His glory that He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Not through what you can bring to the table, not through any sort of certain sacrifice, but but through grace. And he says that the the God of breadth and length and height and depth with a love that surpasses knowledge is seeking to dwell within you. He says, I just want you to meet me in my dwelling place, which is in prayer. So imagine that you've, you've, you've spent your whole life thinking, oh, I've, I've got to come to this one particular place and that's the only place where, where God will meet me. That's the only place where I'm protected. And the further I get from that, the less protective I am and the more I have to, to manipulate some other God, some other being, some other place. And now Paul is saying to you, the Lord who dwells everywhere wants to dwell in you wants to transform you from the inside out wants to take all of what we've been learning in one through three to help you to understand who you are as a person an adopted heir son or daughter of the king who's been redeemed and through whom he's going to redeem the world and saying, I want you to understand that you've got, in order for you to get that, I need to dwell within you. You can't just do that through thinking about it. You can't just do that through right action. You've got to get this in you. And the way that that happens is through prayer. And so the point is, the, is, is this prayer. And he says, I can, I can tell you all about it, but the only way that it's going to happen is through the work of the Holy Spirit. And the only way that's going to happen is through Prayer. So he's spent telling them about who God is and who they are. And he's gonna to start to talk about how to walk that out. But he says the only way that we do that is through prayer. So I'm gonna re-establish communion. I want to bring understanding about who you are so that the manifold wisdom of God will be present in you. Because here's what happens. So man's wisdom, like we've seen what happens with man man wisdom, right? Like when we we try to do things on our own like if you go all the way back to the beginning of Genesis we got these two brothers like pretty well right out the gate right they they get in this fight and one kills the other one that's man's wisdom taken to its logical extreme but the manifold wisdom of God yes it leads to the cross but through the cross we have resurrection one way leads to death one way to life so if we don't get this if we don't understand that the that the Lord dwells among us and wants to dwell within us. We're going to continue to rely on our own power. And not the Lord's. And what will happen is we'll probably end up in one of two camps. Either one, we'll, we'll spend all of our time just kind of thinking about just trying to get our theology right, just trying to get our thinking right. And there's, there's these people that actually have PhDs in theology and in biblical studies that have no connection to the Lord don't believe they've they've studied this book in and out they could they can read you the greek the hebrew the aramaic they can talk about all the different ancient dialects they can talk about all the ancient civilizations but their hearts are far from where they don't believe a word of it oh it's just a very interesting piece of literature to them if our theology doesn't inform our prayer and if our prayer doesn't inform our theology we're lost it ha- the two must connect the other Extreme that we can fall into is, is that we just try to do right action. We just, but we have no standard. We have no, there's no identity behind it. We talked about this last week about, you know, it's our who that informs our do. Who we are informs what we do. And so if, if, what, if we try to act simply, oh, I'm just going to try to do the right thing, but there's been no inner transformation. And we're going to rely on our own power. We're going to exhaust ourselves and exhaust other people. And the Lord says, I want to change you from the inside out so that you can show the world around you who I am. One barometer for how big our notion of who God is can be seen through prayer. right? So Paul moves back and forth from... From talking to prayer, pretty seamless. Like he's just going on. He's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I'm, I'm going to pray for you." Oh, and am going to pray. Have you ever been around these people that like they just pray all the time? Like, I've just there's I've just noticed that it seems like the the more we pray, the larger our view of God is. And I notice in myself that the less I pray, it's usually the lesser view of God that I have, right? Because if I'm when I think that God is small and that I need to be able to do it on my own, I don't pray because I'm relying on myself. But when I see God for who He is, the God of great height, breadth, length, and width, then I pray all the more. And so, if the Lord dwells among us, and, and we want Him to dwell within us. What are we to do? I think we should take Paul's example. If we're going to love God and love people, let's intercede for them. Let's, let's pray for them. Think about the folks in your life. I remember growing up, I had a lot of conflict between me and my dad. And, and I got to college, and I was, I was talking to my mentor, and he was just like, hey, what's your prayer life look like for him? Ooh. Uh, non-existent don't have one haven't done it so interesting that i have this big rift with a person who's who's in the church right like we're, we're brothers in the lord and i'm trying to follow christ but i don't pray for my brother does that seem odd to anyone else right a little weird but how often do we do this right we're hoping for change or we wish that something would be different. Are we, are we praying? Are we asking the Lord to change who we are so that we would better display God's wisdom throughout the world? Are we taking stock of the fact that the Lord whose knowledge surpasses our understanding, who can do far greater than we could ask or expect, seeks to dwell within us through prayer? And as we pray, may we see the vastness of who God is. Artemis could only be contained in that temple and in that city. But we serve a God who is omnipresent and who is dwelling within temples that travel all throughout the world. So we, as we gather here today, as we dwell with the Lord and with one another, and we scatter and we go out, we are the Lord's temple wherever we are. When you go to work, you go to school, when you play, you are bringing the presence of the Lord to those places of work, of learning, and of play. So will you take the time to pray that we'd come to a deeper understanding of who the Lord is and who we are, that we'd better convey who God is and who people are in the world around us. Because he can't be contained to one city. And so He lives within His church that is spreading throughout the world. Does this sound, does this sound better to you? Like, does this sound like a better way of living? not living in fear and having to manipulate god but rather to commune with the lord and have the lord dwell within us. Like, doesn't that sound pretty good? I, I can get down with that. And so we what we don't get this, we don't get 14 through 20 unless we get chapters 1 through 3. So if if you're going man, I, I I'd really like to pray more, I just, I just don't really know well, like where could I start? I mean, man, just just read 1 through 3 and pray some of these, these statements about who we are, it's just like thank the Lord that we have grace through faith. That the triune God's who's to dwell among us. That He's come and, and dwelt with us. That though we were far off, we've been brought near. That we've been adopted. That we get to be sons and daughters of the King. And despite our brokenness, despite our wandering, despite our past, He's transforming our present and shaping our future. And so, this leads us to the questions of Do you see the glory of God? I I love how Paul kind of turns into a little kid once in a while when he says, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think. According to the power at work within us, to Him be the glory. Like, I mean, it's just, it's like when you got a little kid who's you know like, oh, the biggest, baddest, coolest, you know, and they just keep adding adjectives. This is far more abundantly. So take abundance and then add more. To, of all that we can ask, so what, what is all? all? What's what are the number of things that you can ask? Like there is no end to that list, and Paul is saying God is beyond that. Whatever you can imagine, whatever you can dream up, whatever your finite mind can comprehend, God is far and away beyond that. Yet chooses to dwell in us that we would dwell in Him. And so do we see God's glory? Are we aware of of the fallenness of self? The offer of adoption? In the way that 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 Lord that is so vast and so great offers us forgiveness and seeks to unite us in Christ, and so are we being united in Christ, or is it merely by our preference? And then, are we praying? And this this isn't a guilt thing, right? I've had many seasons of my life where I've not prayed. I've been bad. We've been just kind of come from together, and it seems to that usually during those times, life doesn't go well for me. But there have been also been times when I've I've prayed much, and it didn't mean that life worked out for me. Because God is is not a god of manipulation, but of power and of love but this doesn't mean that we should not pray. And I know sometimes we get kind of caught up and you go, well, how, how should I pray? When should I pray? We get kind of caught up in the details. I remember talking to my aunt one time who's a nutritionist and I say, hey, when's the best time to, to work out? Should I work out in the morning to like boost metabolism? Should I work out at night? So I can wear out and sleep? And she's like, just work out. Uh, who cares? Just Exercise. And so sometimes we can get tripped up and bogged down. Of, well, should I, I? You know, I read about this one kind of prayer. Should I? Should I like do this sort of prayer thing, or, or should I do memorized prayer? Should I make up my own prayer? Should I write them down? Or should I talk to God? Should I be inside? Should they? You know, do I share them with somebody else? Whatever works. Whatever. Whatever is getting you to pray. Because as James' friend taught James, who taught me, there's something that happens when we pray that doesn't happen. When we don't. And so this is why in our in our gatherings here we we pray. This is why when, when we meet together in communitas groups, we pray. When we when we get together, you know, guys and guys and, and girls and girls, we we pray. And, and and you can read all kinds of books and all kinds of different things on the different styles, and and they're all good. Why? Because we pray. And when we pray, we take up the Lord's offer and we in turn dwell with Him. So when we hear God's voice, we remember, we remind, and we rejoice. So today, let us remember that the Lord dwells with us in prayer. And may we remind those around us that they are a temple where the Lord dwells. And let us rejoice that the God of great height, depth, width, and length listens to our prayers when we call out to Him. It's easy to talk a good game. So up here we can, we can remind one another that the Lord dwells in and among us and seeks to dwell within us. We can... We can remind one another that we're temples and we can rejoice over the fact that the God of great height, and depth, length, and breadth dwells within us. But one thing I, I, I just wanted you all to know and I wanted us to do together, I thought it would be odd to, to talk about these things without actually doing these things. And I wanted you all to know that um, you are all prayed for ev- every week um, by name. And so when you, when you tell us, like, hey, this is how you can be praying for me, that doesn't leave us. We, we write that down and then we, we pray for you because intercession and prayer is important. And, and there are certain things that we do, and, and there's you know, the Lord uses our personalities to, to get certain things done, but at the end of the day, it's, it's His power that gets it done, right? And so, uh, kneel with me if you'd like to, but I'm just going to pray through Paul's prayer for us before Chris comes up to talk to us. And so, Lord for this reason we bow our knees before you the father from whom every family in and on heaven and earth is named that according to the riches of your glory that lord would you would you grant us to be strengthened with your power through your spirit in our inner being so that christ would dwell in our hearts through faith and that we would be rooted and grounded in love. And that we would have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And Lord, that we would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. And now because, Lord, You are able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us, to you be the glory. And the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever.
2: Amen. Chris, come on up. All right, before you guys leave, I have a few announcements. Just want to say thank you for joining us today. Um pleasure to have you guys here. If you haven't been here before, awesome. Um, you are welcome to stay for our Bab Palak, which i will get to here in a second. Um, but first, first announcement we have, uh, there is a children's ministry meeting Wednesday, May 8th at 6.30. And that's for those who are already serving in the children's ministry, especially for you, and for those that are looking to serve in the children's ministry, uh, you're welcome to join us at 6.30 on Wednesday, May 8th for that uh there's also the next night which is may 9th which is thursday at 7 p.m there is a family game night here so if you have games that you like to play as a family or with your if you don't have a family there are games that you like to play you can bring those here and i think we usually meet in the back i'm looking for lonnie Bayo. yes in the back room back there <coughs> so that's something you can join us for it's also of fun uh, you're also welcome to bring some snacks to share uh so i mean games and snacks go together right um. so that's that uh, so the next thing we have right after the service is potluck uh, as we've mentioned before there's plenty of food so if you didn't bring food please join us and help us eat that food uh, I know the people that brought that food would love for you to stay and join us and share that time with us uh, it's a great time to get to know people if you haven't been here before and even if you have find somebody new to talk with and get to know them um, it's another great time uh, beyond that, if you want to get to know more people, is you can also join a communitas group. If you don't know what that is or what that's about, you can talk to Scott or Mike or myself or one of the other elders like Lonnie, uh, or I don't think Bob's here today. So, um, And then um, back to potluck, though. Uh, so what's going to happen is we're going to kind of scoot chairs around and get some tables in here and that kind of stuff. So if, as you're getting up, if you grab your stuff, that's really helpful. So that we can kind of get the room set up quick for that uh, And as you're going through the line There will be some name tags at the beginning If you could please put your name And put that name tag on you So that we can kind of know who you are If we don't already know who you are uh, And also at the beginning of the line There is a little offering box For the Helping Hands Fund And we just use that to uh, give to those That come to us and uh, with a need Or something like that So if you have money to give to that uh, Please put that there uh, with that, I will pray for the food and for the rest of the day. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this place and just getting to be a part of your body. I uh, just pray that you would uh, be with us time now, that you would help us uh, worship you through getting to know your people and what You've uh, getting to hear what you've done in people's lives, God. I just pray that you would bless this food and uh, bless the hands that prepared it. That you would help us to use the strength that gives us to bring your name glory. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.